Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 95 and Brendan was telling us 95 is a really important number to you. Why again? No, it's not an important number. It's just a cool number. Cool number. It's only five away from 100. So, you know, it's got kind of a cool look to it. Typographically. Every episode is going to be an adventure thinking, okay, we are climbing to 100. Yeah. Those of you new to podcast and new to trying to find a topic, a podcast that you like, um, you might not get this. But those of us who've been around for many years, you know, you find a podcast you enjoy and then they go for 30 episodes and disappear, completely disappear. Mm, Yeah. And so we are stoked that we've been able to get to 95 yeah so that is fantastic well done brendan well yeah. done man you've been sticking through this and it's, we've been talking about our two years last week yeah two years september 8th man Ooh. so on top of that two years we are going to announce more but for those of you listening mm-hmm. in your car right now this podcast is also live on our facebook page so if you're going to go to work and you're going to try and open up a third screen a third monitor a second monitor anything put it up on facebook Get the video going. You can listen to this podcast mm. there. Anything said here tonight is going to be probably better visually, most likely, because yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about comments that are on there, but uh, still enjoyable audio, still enjoyable. Real quick, guys, I know I just said that the best thing would be to go in and watch it live. It is, but just so you know, we went in on the live video and added stuff about our listener adventure. We showed some gear that I'm touching right here. We also talk a lot about one story about the new iPad Photoshop that's going to come out that's going to make the iPad Photoshop just like the Photoshop you have on your desktop. And we went really long on this podcast live. And so if you go and switch over to the live version over on Facebook, you're going to see all this extra content that I'm editing out of this audio version. I'm going to let this audio version focus on the 20 composition tips. And so just so it's nice and tight, I edit it down for this reason, for audio reasons. But if you watch it on Facebook, either watch those, deal with the extra long time, or you can skip ahead until we talk about the composition tips. So just want to let you guys have that heads up. All right, back to us. To make it even more worthwhile for all you patrons, we are going to add an episode every week. So an extra episode for the patrons. So when you sign up with patreon.com for $5 or more per month, then you get access to those extra episodes and then give you guys more content, which is awesome interviews. I just contacted a photographer the other day saying, hey, we need to interview on the, uh, you on the podcast. So I'm waiting for a response on that. So I'm going to start digging up some interviews. Aaron's going to start digging up some interviews, and we're getting some sweet interviews for you guys. So if you're over on your patron page, if you're a patron, you're going to see this. Add mm. this private link to your favorite podcast player, and ah. you copy the link right here, and that will be your RSS feed for your podcast. It will look a little different than the Photog Adventures free podcast. It'll just have a slightly different graphic so you recognize, oh, okay, I'm watching the patron only. So what's mm. gonna happen is those of you, and I am going to, well, you know what? Let's just go back to SoundCloud because it'll be a good example of it. Those of you on the free feed are going to get every week 
two episodes. One episode's a full episode, and one mm-hmm. episode's a teaser. So yeah. if you ever look in our SoundCloud, you'll see episode 94. Then you'll see episode 95, and it'll be only three minutes long or something, or five minutes long, giving mm-hmm. you a taste of what episode you're missing. And then it'll be the next week on Wednesday, it'll release that regular one. So every Wednesday, you'll still get an episode, just like you are right now. But if you want to receive our Monday episode, which is an episode with interview, that mm-hmm. one is going to be only for you guys who are patrons. So our next Royce Bear interview, it will be on that. Mm-hmm. Our next awesome Wayne Pinkston interview is going to be on that. Our Mike Obinsky interview is going to be on that. And yeah, so Norman, yeah. these are going to this is going to be ways for us to help support and fund this awesome project. I mean, I was yeah. thinking, Brendan, I'm going to take more time and focus on this other project I need so I can earn some money because I really need to do this and that. And then I spent time doing lives almost every day. <laughs> And I have been at the desk setting up for the live, and the live goes live, and then that like after live adrenaline rush of, oh okay, all right, let's put everything back, and yeah. uh, I'm gonna get a drink of water because I haven't eaten for six hours, and I need some some nourishment, and so it is it is a time consuming process of Photog Adventures, and so help us support us, keep us going. This will be a way to give you guys extra to motivate you to jump in mm-hmm. at five dollars. So. Let's get to the rest of the content. Let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) So we jump into the uh, article? Let's do. Let's do. Let's uh, look at this article. Who is it written by? It was written by Barry O'Carroll. Barry O'Carroll. That's an interesting name. Um, So his article headline is the 20 composition techniques that will improve your photos. So... Um, and he's got four images at the very top of the article, some examples of the, the golden ratio, this really cool like triangles, uh, leading line. I've never seen that before. That looks pretty awesome. Then like kind of box leading line. And then this other like weird uh, triangle shapes that are leading lines into your uh, composition. So um, golden triangle, or golden ratio I've seen, heard of before, but these other three, not too often. And so it's kind of cool to see if I already do this, do, you know, do a lot of my photos fit this? Can you like, you know, copy these lines and then crop your images to fit these things? Is that more appealing? I know that a lot of people say crop your images and can make a huge improvement on your images. And I've seen it and I don't know why exactly it looks better, but this may be the answer. So he's going to go through 20 actual composition techniques that we're very familiar with. And so let's just take turns, Brendan, you and I talking about each one. Rule of thirds, you want to get us started? Yeah, sure. Hopefully you guys know about this already. As a photographer, it's pretty, this is like, this this is your bread and butter right here. I mean, this is it. You know, you can break your line, you can break your, um, your frame into these nine squares and anything of interest in any of these sectors, you know, one leading to the other middle of the top you know so you can do rule of thirds in left to right or top to bottom or maybe mix them up a little bit in between so um it's the thing is to keep something of interest or have something of interest in each uh box or to or your composition has like balance like in this first example rule of thirds are the trees notice the bottom right hand corner the top left hand corner are kind of blank but they still complement each other light and dark Grass and sky, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, awesome. Pretty cool. Second tip that's going to help improve your photography is centered composition and symmetry. When ah, we talk yes. a lot about our Monday moment of envies, we point out some of these elements, mm-hmm. and depending on who it is and what their shot is, they may have taken advantage of this. Yeah, I tried to do symmetry on this um, on a dam that we visited next to this little waterfall. We went to the top of this reservoir just to check it out, see what it was like, and I walked up the side of the dam, and all of a sudden these just totally centered, like, 
lines, like leading lines going straight to the middle. And I could like line my shot up and get these really cool railing going up the stairs and over the dam. And you can still see like the reservoir on one side, like the water, the river on the other side. It was pretty cool. So I tried, I tried working the symmetry, uh, thing as much as I can when I can, because it's also very appealing, uh, foreground interest and depth. Now this is one that I try, um, to do kind of instinctually, I guess, you know, when you're doing something like a waterfall, you're going to set your f-stop up higher, but you do want your rocks to be sharp at the bottom, right? And you want the waterfall to be sharp at the top. So how do you do that? I learned, I, I just watched a video the other day about a guy explaining the best way to uh, do that. And it might've been on Petapixel as well, I think, for his <laughs> awesome. YouTube. Uh, so what he does is he focuses on, he thinks about what he wants the most in the foreground to be sharp, and then he focuses double that. So if, you, if, you, if your rock in front of you is like three meters in front of you, you want that to be sharp, double that to six meters, that should be your focusing point. And it should be like around F11, actually. So anywhere from F9 to F13 is your best option to get the whole as to get the most out of your money for the sharpness so going to something like f22 you'll notice you get um aberrations and 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 it's softer in the image and stuff like that and so f22 is supposed to be sharper but it doesn't seem to really degrade your quality of your image while it does have a large and wide vast depth of field you're not going to get sharpness of field you're not and that's the thing is to get the bang for your buck somewhere between f9 9.5 9.5 and f13 is where you want to be and uh, do that little trick so basically what i figured out is like if you focus your focus points on like the bottom third line so go by the rule of thirds focus around the bottom third you're going to get the most bang for your buck at f9 f95 to f13 and so. that is if you don't focus stack because you can yeah. do a composition where you have a featured element and focus and you yes. just focus stack to make it work yeah so you can do two or three shots right focus in the foreground mid and back or just foreground and background and blend those two together. Photoshop actually does a pretty good job of that. Uh, focus stacking, I saw a video that was really good about explaining how to do that. And how to focus stack? On how to focus stack, and it's just like, it was like three steps, and it was like done, and Photoshop does like amazing job, and it looked perfect, and I was like, wow, I should try this more often. <laughs> like, this is amazing, I didn't realize it was that easy. Kathy so. mentions that it's a possibility, a slight one, that she could mm-hmm. escape out here in November and yeah, join awesome. us out in the listener That'd adventure. Be That'd be awesome, Kathy. So the next one he talks about is a frame within the frame. And yeah. you guys mention anything that you guys have done yourself here on our comments and tell us how it's been effective for you. Frame within a frame, I can think of immediately when I go to our picture of the the Natural Bridges National Monument at Oachomo Bridge because oh, yeah. I get the Milky Way framed within the frame uh-huh. of that natural bridge. So this picture is really cool. Looks like it's in Venice. Is this uh yeah, I don't know where that is, but it's a nice that shot. That looks like Piazza San Marco. Uh, let's see underneath here. St. Mark's Square in Venezia. Oh. Awesome. So this is a cool way of framing your composition or with a frame that's actually in the landscape. So that's a cool extra element. Mm-hmm. Here he uses what? Can you guys see in this picture? What is it that he's framing within the frame? How does he use this element? Can you see it yourself really quickly? Yeah, I can. I mean, here he's framing all that reflection of the tree and that little house all in the lake with those natural elements. Yeah, and I wish I was showing Brendan's screen for you guys for live so you can see how his mouse cursor was going around this. But you have this tree trunk going up to a long tree branch that stretches the entire length of the image framing Mm -hmm. and then connects down into a shoreline and then the reflected part of the water that shows this cool cottage i mean that is awesome like a boat dock yeah cottage. i think it is like a little boathouse yeah it's in the water itself 
And it's just a beautiful shot that takes advantage of two elements to frame. It's not always an obvious brick window or mm-hmm. an arching rock window mm-hmm. that does it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about leading lines, something I've been practicing uh, the last you know year or so. As um, I've actually really learned a lot from you, Aaron, because you did really? a... Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Especially when it comes to composition. It's stuff that <laughs> I would never... Like I would kind of like compose things just from like stuff that I learned in high school when I did video. They taught us how to compose things kind of properly, but it was mostly based off the rule of thirds. That's all they really taught us. And so most of my stuff was based on the rule of thirds and just out of default, that's what I kind of go back to, you know, Mm, but finding leading lines and stuff like that, it's something that I've really picked up um, from you and, and been practicing more and figuring out how to get more leading lines in my shots. So um, this Eiffel Tower shot's awesome because you got these leading lines of the tiles going right to it. And then below it is this a tree with the road uh, bending around and leading right to the tree, uh, the little path here. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't scroll one. down for there. Yeah, there it is right there. So this is an obvious giveaway right here. This is a leading line. So so I've been trying to do when I'm in a place with paths or stuff like that, I'm trying to figure out how to compose it to have the leading line coming, but not from the corner you know, kind of somewhere two thirds from the corner is where you want to be as you start your line, either from the left or the right. So sometimes dead center works like this one from the Apple tower. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so it's interesting lines cool. how Facebook shows comments on this screen. And then I look at your screen and you see Kathy Hennehan's comment, but I don't see it in here oh. for some reason. Yeah. And so it looks like Andrew Buren says that composition is the thing I struggle with the most mm. in my photography. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why is because you can have compositional paralysis when you get to a location, because when you look at a picture of this road in the tree, you're like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. But then you go to a place that's so busy has so many distractions, what do you do? Let me show you guys an example if I can pull it up fast enough. What is happening in Natural Bridges is a really, really cool bunch of structures and your eyes are Mm. looking at it and you actually have a difficult time making out some of the content. So you see this rock wall. This Uh is one of the natural bridges and just the terrain around it. Everything's the exact same color, texture, busyness, Mm. nothing actually stands out from anything else around it. So while I can do some compositional work to make sure that this right here, this section of the arch is the focus point Mm -hmm. without light and shadows, without dodging and burning, without trying and hoping for just something else in here, you can look at this image and from top to bottom, right and left, everything has the same value. Color value, texture value, focus worthiness. You almost have to convince someone or stand next to someone to point on the image where they should be looking because the image itself has elements that distract. So let me, this video might be a good example of a section that works out. Let me pull in, uh, yeah, this Crater Lake, maybe not Crater Lake. What I want to show is more simplicity. You can see that play, that same bridge again and mm. how it can be so distracting looking down from this perspective. Yeah. But then you go to Natural Bridges, National Mount Oachomo Bridge, and what's the difference? Why does this image have so much more strength than the other? Because we're down below it, for one. Perspective yeah. takes away all the other rock that is the same as that rock. Yeah from being distracting. 
and yeah. it's night, and the only rock we've lit up is the rock that we've declared important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you get stuck in compositional work because you have areas that are distracting, and you have areas that have similar values that nothing necessarily stands out as right. much as, say, oh, let me just go here to the iPad, this tree and road, tree against a pink sky silhouetted, mm-hmm. and then the grass looks like it's been covered with a foggy mist and wet or yeah. frosty yeah. even. And so it's just obvious. And so, yeah, composition mm-hmm. is really easy and really hard depending on your scene. Sometimes it requires you to get the other distracting elements out of the way with dodging and burning or with light or just like we saw right here, change your perspective, get down there somewhere different that's going to make it stand out from the terrain around it. Um, What's a good example of that that's happened with you recently? I think there's something that Brendan has. was you know, a path or was a lead line or uh, something that you took the composition and showed off the composition by changing your perspective based on your perspective versus mine? Is it just that Milky Way? You're thinking of the Milky Way, yeah, the at the Red Canyon one that we did. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one that has the, the tree was either touching the rock or not touching the, the rock. Tree. You guys look at my hands, yeah, the tree was up parallel with the rocks coming down, and from his angle, you could see a separation, but from my angle. These were touching, like my hands and were touching. our cameras were probably 12 inches apart, 12, Very, very apart. minimal inches apart. Yeah. And yet still. Yeah. So, Andrew, you're not alone with the same problem with composition. And you know what? It's not mostly, it's most likely not your fault in many of your situations. You just happen to have something that in your brain, you've declared something more important than another thing in the view mm. but when you take a picture everything becomes flat and has all all the sameness or it has the same value and it gets very difficult to try and actually decipher what you are saying is important to the person who is trying to see your picture yeah. which is why sometimes your picture is better in person than it was watching it it's true or was for the person who was actually there right. taking it right right So the number six is diagonals and triangles. Now this is something interesting that I think is gonna be a good point for all of us here. Trying to add dynamic tension with Mm. triangles and diagonals. So let's see some of his examples. That's a good example. (laughs) So because of perspective and straight lines and the way that they have a vanishing point as they have a distance, you get triangles out of straight paths Mm -hmm. and these straight paths lead you there. We had a recent, I wonder if it'll be on here. We had a recent um, Photog favorite. Ooh, I think it might. Where, oh, no, no. Have I deleted so many of them? Oh, I started overlapping them. That's right. And so I won't have the good example. There was a mall, the thing that I was thinking about, that is a lot like this situation where the mm-hmm. pathway in the mall was going down and vanishing and oh, was yeah. pulling our eyes down that road. And yet the focus point of the picture was the escalator right, on the left. Right, And so it was pulling us away from the subject, right, the new one. Yeah. yeah. And so I think he's this example, Sam Beckett's Bridge in Dublin, shows the dynamic, I guess he called it dynamic tension, mm-hmm. was happening with these triangles. And what What's interesting about these inter- these intersecting triangles is that they are having a relationship. Everything leads to that same point. Yeah, if I yeah. were to draw on this line from the chains down the walkway to the bridge, your eyes then kind of come from this intersecting point and you go up to the bridge on the left. Mm-hmm. It takes you through the rest of the image where you can now go, oh yeah, 
Those are some pretty cool clouds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because the first thing you notice probably is the chain. Yep. And then those lines going right up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So here's another example, a little architecture photography that I don't say, I wouldn't say I have too much experience with and should mm -hmm. tell you guys how to do it, but I can see what's working well, mm -hmm. despite the fact that, man, this is not straight. This is not flat. I mean, these angles are crazy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yet it works. Yeah. Um, for those of you listening to the podcast who don't have the visual, this is a walkway that is right next to a water fountain that has a higher point and a lower point. The lower point's along lines like a lazy river, a long moat, and yeah. the water fountain's dripping off the top part in, and then behind it at, okay, imagine the water fountain is a long rectangle that has a high point on the far left and a low point on the far right. In an opposite angle is a very Victorian, old-looking building with lots of detail, lots of statues lots of texture yeah. and the rooftop has its own line high on the right and low on the left and so they are they're opposites you just your eyes keep doing this dance going back and forth falling <laughs> yeah. in, and then going back down falling yeah. and it's a good way of calling a dynamic tension because man mm -hmm. these things are really in conflict with each other and yet are dancing in a nice beautiful way yeah yeah okay number seven patterns and textures so if you look at this example of this um open area this pattern this texture just going over and over and over again creating this pattern of brick creating this texture in the ground that just looks amazing um in Tun tunisia Tun tunisia tunisia i'm having a problem saying tunisia. that today. in tunisia um paving stones yeah apparently people in general are attracted to patterns you look at flowers you look at macro shots you're going to see a lot of patterns when you do macro shots of plants and you're going to see lots of patterns when you do shots of brick or cobblestone. The, the, the example below, if you keep scrolling down below, there's a black and white photo of uh, the cobblestone, but it's not symmetrical, but the pattern is still very interesting. Hmm, right. And you've got leading lines coming from the left and the right still, even though the leading right and the right is a little bit broken. The path is still with the way the light's shining in from this alcove. You're seeing the light shine in and you're, you're drawn to the light. So from the bottom, it's darker. Naturally, as the shadows start to, f to come in, and then towards the opening of the, the uh, this little grotto area, you can see brighter at the bottom, and it's kind of just leading you right up into it. So that's and it's almost a frame cool. within a frame composition yeah, element, really a rule of third yeah. plus the leading line of this pattern. Yeah, it's overall, pretty solid composition. <laughs> yeah. So here's an interesting thing called the rule of odds, mm -hmm. and I know what he's talking about, and I've done this myself in videography. I've done it with my photography, and it's just... There are things that look better when you have an odd number mm -hmm. instead of a consistent two and two. So you're looking at here of three archways. You could pull out and see four archways, I bet, and compose it around that. Mm -hmm. You can even zoom in or crop in and only have two archways. But there is a comfort in three of these archways. There is. Yeah. And I don't think these one, two, threes, I think you put, there as, put, them, yeah. put them there as He's a... counting the three lamps three and lamps the three people. And three people. And so you... You naturally, your brain will want to think, oh, it'd be perfect if each person was underneath each lamp and evening it all out. But it doesn't have to necessarily be that way. This is the rule of odds at the bottom. It's kind of a little bit more random. You got two people in the number two lamp and one person on the number one lamp and nobody under the number three lamp. <laughs> and yet there's still lots of stuff going on. There's lots of details, but those arches is what really defines the composition here. And I like it. I, I do like that kind of street photography. Okay, here's the rule of odds that I am not sure I'm seeing in this example. Okay, so two gondola driver or gondoliers are sitting here. Hmm. You'll see that I completely ignored the rule of odds. 
And so he says he's purposely ignored the rule of odds, but your eyes, your attention may shift back and forth between each gondolier. However, this is exactly what a conversation between people is like, a back mm-hmm. and forth. For this reason, I think the even number of subject works in this case. Mm. Okay, yeah, outside of the rule of odds, it's not stating any of these compositional elements and, and patterns and rules. They're not stating that they are musts. Like, oh, well, since you have two guys, you must have a third guy. Right. I think because of only two guys, it's kind of an even battle, and your eyes do bounce from each one. It's it helps good. that the one guy on the left, his foot's pointing to the guy on the right. Mm, right. And that's kind of his, he's got a leading line with his body from his head down to his toes he's pointing around at this guy when you're receiving it but his eyes aren't covered by the sunglasses and so that's what's interesting is his eyes are looking right back at this dude making you forcing you to look back at him he's like what is he looking at oh he's looking at that guy that guy's pointing at him and so he just that's what gives you the back and forth but I do agree body with language. Andrew that it is an interesting three sets of stripes as you see as two arm sleeves and then oh, a chest. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's got stripes and he's and got stripes. I don't even yeah. think the author of the article noticed that or thought about it. Interesting, yeah. So nice there's job, lots. Andrew. Yeah, really cool. And you've got the stripes in the right above this guy pointing. The citron's going da- right down pointing you to this guy as well in the background. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of back and forth in this. Stephen points out that uh, he only has one arm, but this way the silhouette is is that you don't see his full silhouette, which doesn't mm. make for a strong silhouette, but for you know street photography and just seeing two people hanging out and talking, you get the idea of the story. The yeah. narrative is there. Yeah. Number nine, fill the frame. This is a really good one, especially if you're doing macro or portrait but apparently it works with landscape and uh architectural as well but um fill the frame get that whole subject i mean don't worry about trying to get the whole lion's body in there when you can get just his face and it's sometimes more powerful image yeah i think focus on that main element we had that example right here in our photog favorites with one of these shots of the leaves Mm-hmm. You focus on the pattern of the leaves and how cool they look. It's better that you filled the frame with these leaves than it would have been if he had taken out camera out further in the distance and taken a picture of the context of the setting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the leaves. Because the leaves wouldn't change. The water drops wouldn't change. They would all have the same pattern. But they'd be smaller. They'd be smaller, right? They wouldn't be as... They seem less important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story is being told by filling the frame in this situation, and I do. I love that. That's a good point, and that's something that you will do a lot with the vertical Milky Way. You'll fill the frame and focus just oh, on yeah. that core. Yeah, yeah. But it, most photography, especially when I think about macro a lot, because macro, is, you're always going to fill the frame because you're focusing on something really cool, detailed, and pattern, and you just want to fill that frame as much as you can. Another compositional tip is to leave negative space. You know, mm-hmm. opposite of fill the frame is completely contradicting to mm-hmm. say, well, leave negative space. Mm-hmm. You can work Some with breathing room. the breathing room of yeah. what you have around your subject. And you do something like here, the rule of thirds or a centrally balanced, central symmetrical balance shot. And you can show uh, focus on your subject. And remember, compositional tips, they're meant to make sure that the people who look at your pictures understand what you're taking a picture of. Mm, mm-hmm. They want to be able to like it, to enjoy it, and to ride the roller coaster of fun, that the visual roller coaster of fun that your image is. And if you wanted them to focus on this really cool cloud, but you took a picture of it with a statue in here, 
Who's looking at the clouds? Mm-hmm. No one is. Everyone's looking at the statue mm-hmm. and what's on the statue and the snake and the crazy beaded necklace. And is this a triton? I mean, what? who is this? A Hindu god Shiva in Mauritius. Nice. In Mar- Mauritius? Mauritius? I don't know how Mar- to pronounce that mm. place. I don't think I've ever heard it. Yeah. And I've seen it before, but I've never actually said it out loud. But you just you wouldn't tell the story of the clouds by taking the picture this way. You'd fill the frame with the picture of a really cool fr- cloud. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having negative space is not a a loss, a terrible picture, a, a horrible way to take a picture. It's just if it tells the story, if it focuses on your subject well, then it works out great. And yeah. if you're going to do stock photography ever or sell your photography as a stock photo, if you don't leave negative space, it will not sell. Exactly. They need to have space for the copy and for their ads to go and for you know other things to go in there. So, yeah, got to leave some space for them for the designers to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're not going to create extra space out of nowhere. You guys got to give it to them. They don't want to do the work of Photoshopping in negative space. They want to work with yours and make it fast work. Otherwise, let's get someone else's. Should we take a quick break and then do the next 10? Yeah, let's do a quick break. We've reached 10 already, so let's take one last break of the podcast. We'll come back with the last 11, and we'll close out episode 95. Okay. If you guys are thinking about joining us at the Create Photography Retreat, go to createphotographyretreat.com forward slash photog and join us there. Sign up. And we are going to have field trips the first night, the second night, and a paid workshop at the end. That's a one-night workshop. So if you ever wanted to join us for a one for a workshop, but you don't want to spend the cost of a four-night workshop or a two-night workshop, here's your chance for a one-night one. Yeah, flying to Vegas. Vegas hopefully is cheap for you to fly into. I know it's cheap for most airline, uh, other cities to fly into, so... It's a good place, good location, cheap to get to, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So come out and join us at the Create Photography Retreat in March 28th through 30th in 2019. Coming up very soon. Tickets are selling fast, so hope you guys will join us. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Photog Adventure Podcast, episode 95. We're finishing up the ten or the, the last 10 of a 20 uh, compositional um, advice or rules or Techniques, suggestions, patterns, plans. guidelines. Yeah, I mean, they're not really rules; they're more like guidelines, I guess. Honestly, <laughs> and we talked about these on Monday Moment of Envy, and it's interesting to talk about twenty different elements that could make your shot. Twenty is a lot. Yeah, so yeah. there's got to be something, and you guys are like, "Oh yeah, I totally get that." Because yeah, twenty, I've yeah. thought about that as a yeah. composition. So to start us off, simplicity and minimalism. Mm. So when you, we were talking about the leaves earlier, that kind of fills the whole rule right here. Is just it's very simple. It's minimalistic. Look at how the only thing in focus is the blade of grass mm-hmm. that has the wall, you know, the wall, the dew drops, the water drops on it. And then everything else in the background, you can see colors that show that they're also wet, colors that mm-hmm. show that they're also green, like these this blade of grass that we're looking at. But it's just simplistic and focused on that one. Mm-hmm. So it must be the exact same morning of that other shot because this oh, tree is against a pink sunrise again frosted morning on the grasses and just very simple one i mean how many times have you driven down the freeway looked over and seen a solo solitary tree and thought oh that looks cool i know a lot of times actually <laughs> i was just like can i get that shot i don't know it's like you try and like click on someone's land yes location then, button yeah we need like a photo pill save this location instant button that's like on the drive on the dashboard it's like click yeah marks off yeah the board mark the spot says. i want to come back here <laughs> Yeah, it's true because it happens all the time. I, I, I twice now I've driven through two different canyons and thought, 
I should save the spot. Actually, one time I did because I wasn't driving. The last time I was driving, I, I tried to go back on the maps and find it. I have no idea. I'll have to drive <laughs> up and down the canyon again. Luckily, it's next to my house, so it won't be too hard. But Luckily. I'm like, well, i got to find out where that pull-off. I pulled off. I got some good shots last time. i got to remember that spot. This has nothing to do with a solo tree, does it? No. Oh, okay. It's a different. <laughs> I got a path, though, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. um, okay. <laughs> Another good compositional um, technique is to isolate the subject, which is number 12. Using shallow depth of field, kind of like the last macro shot we saw. Um, you know, you, this cat face is really perfect. I mean, uh, it's focusing right on the eyes, and all you see is him. He's got perfect context. You see he's looking over a fence or something, maybe a table or something. But, uh, yeah, great shot. Just isolate that subject and have it only be the thing that's in focus. Really makes it a strong composition. And then change your point of view is number 13. We talked about that ourselves, how you get distracted mm -hmm. by the natural bridges from the perspective of these overlooks. And if you can get down in there, hike in there, change that perspective, you're going to find not so much that it in itself is now a compositional tip. It's basically saying change your point of view to use the other compositional techniques now. The mm. other co compositional techniques are now available to you. You look at this picture of the Eiffel Tower, for instance. Well, you can see it clearly now up against the sky instead of all the busyness of the city, but you mm. also see leading lines of roads that lead you to it. There's mm -hmm. these patterns of all the arrondissements of Paris that are leading your eyes around and the lights and everything. All of these elements that we've talked about already rule of thirds where you put things the color all of this is other compositional techniques but made possible because of your change of view yep this other image right here i wouldn't even say this is a terribly strong perspective mm -mm. but maybe that example was how it doesn't okay well, we'll just skip right it's past an example that. of changing your perspective i mean getting in the water versus mm. just being on the sidelines big difference yeah and know? it does help because i don't think my eyes are following down the water like it did to him when he was standing there and you can see how here in the distance there is some more water leading back there mm -hmm. and it probably looked really cool but the harsh contrasting light and shadow it distracts and i can't yeah. tell which goes back to my tip from a couple podcasts ago is that when you're doing stuff like streams and water sometimes overcast or just after sunrise or just after sunset, golden hour basically, mm. is better because this harsh light and these shadows patterns it creates from overhead light doesn't just doesn't work. Yeah, it but if can you took distract the from the shapes. Yeah, but if you took the shot like, you know, just as the sun was setting or even like five minutes after the sun had already set, it might look amazing, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Things to look forward to. This is something that Ted Gore is good at. Looking for particular color afterwards. combinations. Yes. So color using color combinations in your in your composition. And yes, this is definitely a, a Ted Gore move. So uh, obviously, reflecting water is reflecting the same color as the sky. So that's reflections a no brainer. That works really well. Um, the contrasting color between the red and the blue, very high contrast. There's a little bit of blue in that um, thing. And then also the, the ground is orange. Orange and blue are the most complementary of colors. You know? Yeah, that's true. And you'll find a lot when you have a cool Milky Way and your rock terrain is um, bluish. Or I'm sorry, your rock terrain's red and mm -hmm. orange. And then mm -hmm. your sky is this 
dark color that you could artistically make more blue than anything else. Mm -hmm. And Escalante is a great example of green and orange are good complementary in certain balances mm -hmm. of it. And you had a really nice airglow making your sky look awesome in your Escalante shot mm -hmm. where your sun, your sunset arch was just glowing orange. Makes me want to pull it up. I'll do that while we're talking just because okay. it's awesome. But what is the next compositional point? The next one is number 15, the rule of space. So the rule of space uh, relates to the direction of subjects in your photo that are facing moving towards each other. So in this in this example, you've got the boat um, going one direction while bike bike riders on the street are going another direction towards you. So mm. the boat's going away from you from yeah. left to right, and the bikers are coming from right to left. And um, so the, that's an interesting idea. Even getting a different perspective on this would be even better. I mean, if you had the had more of the bikers on the street um, coming in the frame, then it would be even better, even stronger. But um, but play with the space, like how this guy uh, is a guitar and he's sitting on the on the uh, the bridge next to the river, and then behind him are these big towering buildings. But tower, but the buildings are look actually barely bigger than he is he looks really large because he's got a wide angle lens and he's close to him yeah. and then you got people in the background these people kind of look like giants because these buildings don't look that big you know like the windows look tiny when in fact these windows are as tall as a person you know <laughs> when we created disney infinity's marketing screenshots um we had a rule that we always made let me just look up disney infinity let's see what shows up on google images Let's see, let's see. Ah, let's see. I, there's an image that I think I've mentioned on here before where they messed up the fingernails of um, Sully, and that never went away. That was permanently <laughs> in there. But you can see some of our work. Here's a good example of it. We uh, always yes. focused on having a very, very prominent foreground feature. And in this case, we're character we're featuring this one Darth Vader character in Disney Infinity Three. And then we have midground elements of these, you know, stormtroopers. Storm yeah, yeah. Then this giant ATV or ATAT walker, right? ATAT. AT? Yeah. And then these guys were tall filling the frame, be in the background. And then you look at other pictures. This is it. This is on the first page of results. I can't believe it. It's still after years and years and years, probably from me <laughs> clicking it. But right here, his fingerprints are, her fingernails are missing. And I fixed it within 10 minutes of sending this picture over to him. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait guys, those fingernails are missing. Let me fix this. I send it to them and say, delete that picture right now so it doesn't proliferate. We'll just use the one with the fingernails. And the guys did not do it. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. So we're featuring three characters, actually four. So we've got a guy in the foreground, the midground characters, and then the background, you know, Jack Sparrow. Mm -hmm. And so nice. this element of making and making use of that space is something really cool, I bet, for street photography. And I bet yeah, you want to do yeah. it a lot because you have a very focused character up front. The story and context of dancing happening because of the music, you might think that these two are in the middle of some weird fight if you saw it separately. But because you have the guy playing the guitar, Car, it's worth a it's it's worth a guess that this guy is dancing and for some reason she's leading him. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's giving a decker or something like that. Like it he's looks winding really up for weird. a punch. Yeah, he's winding up to throw something at her. <laughs> and this guy is just like, I'm too cool to participate. Just listening. But right here, it's a cool way of using the building in the background. So yeah, yeah. rule of space. Absolutely. Foreground, midground, background. Tell the story. Tell the story. The left to right rule. I'm not even sure what he means here, but let's find mm. out if I know what he's talking about. 
okay, motion. Mm-hmm. As you're kind of going like, we as people from Western civilization, we read left to right. right. Things are comfortable left to right. We almost flip sometimes images to show off things on a different direction mm. just because we're more comfortable yeah. left to right. Yeah. And so this person walking with a dog in the motion of walking looks better left to right than it necessarily possibly would right to left. But well, you know exactly which direction he's walking. You just look at this for one second and you know, <laughs> oh, true. you know exactly where he's going because his dog's walking right behind him and they're both going to the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It helps that his toes are pointing a certain direction, mm-hmm. but I mean, we mm-hmm. do find it comfortable and it's just something that you guys on Milky Way photography, you break every time because it's right to left, the core mm-hmm. to the rest, the mm-hmm. core to the rest. And we use it completely opposite. Um, number 17, balance elements in the scene. So um, for instance, a big, you know, this big, huge candelier style lamp in the front versus the Eiffel Tower, which we know is ginormously bigger, but yet he's focusing on this part and not only in, in focus, but it's also bigger into a, to a quite a scale. Like it looks yeah. like it's like a six to one scale almost. So um, sure. I'll take that. Yeah. I'm six to one. That Throw that out there. <laughs> Just a little guesstimate. And you um, notice that when you pay attention to what's in the background of your shot, even though you're trying to get a nice rule of third on this uh, cool lantern, this mm-hmm. if you've been on this bridge, you know, like I do, that there's a couple of these, if not along the entire bridge, right. I think. Yeah, there could and be so 10 or 15 of those. They could have chosen any of them to do this exact same composition, but they went and chose the one that they could balance it out with the mm-hmm. Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're going to include the Eiffel Tower in your shot. You're in Paris. Exactly. And now similar lamp to the next image. You can see it's scaling. I like the box, you know, the thing that he did here because it really shows a good, the leading lines that can happen between two elements that are foreground and background. Yeah. Yeah, I do like this. A lot of rule of thirds in here. And just Mm -hmm. how do you try and apply this in your own images? Well, just think about the balancing elements in their space with another element. You're thinking, okay, Mm -hmm. I love this in the foreground. What else in the background can be a counterweight, a balance to that really cool front? Right. John says, thanks for using my middle name. Way too many Johns are out there. You know, that's a good <laughs> point. Maybe that's what I've been doing the whole time, John, Henry Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> juxtaposition. Yeah, the juxtaposition. Now, this could be something that is an obvious, this thing is a hole and this is a tower mm-hmm. juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Or it could be just more symbolic and a metaphor, like the church versus Versus these people who are worldly, uh, very busy. This is the nice, pristine, I wouldn't say pristine necessarily in this picture, but just showing the juxtaposition of Mm. what is a silent place of worship and the busyness of the street side. You know, often you take away the street side. You don't see these um, book vendors and magazine vendors and art vendors. You don't see them in picture shots of the Notre Dame. But then in this situation, they're the juxtaposition of a Notre Dame against what's really happening on the street with all the tourists. It's a very busy photo. (laughs) Isn't it? And yet uh, it's an example they use for this uh, juxtaposition composition. I hope he has another example of juxtaposition because it can be way better than that. Yeah, this car, this sold Citroen. I guess that, I mean, okay, tell me what's the juxtaposition here. Um, maybe without the sh- reading what he says. Maybe, yeah, I'm just looking at the image itself. Uh, maybe the shiny, refined smoothness of the body versus the cobblestone, the harsh brick behind it. Yeah, you know, that's textures is juxtaposition here, you know. You got a nice, clean, shiny car that's got nice and smooth, and then you got this really rough, rocky walls behind it. The ground that it's sitting on is rough and rocky and, 
and matted versus the shiny, sheeny, reflective surface, you know. You know what's cool about this image is I read this guy's paragraph about it, and he says that he saw this old Citroen 2CV car looking perfectly, sitting at home in front of this old cafe, and yet this is not an old, old picture. It looks like it's a it's a timepiece, mm -hmm. but it's just an old car in front of a quintessential Paris cafe on the street side. And so the guy with his back to us is the owner, and he nice. was just mystified. Why do you want to take a picture of that old thing? <laughs> Why do you want to take a picture of that old thing? It looks so awesome, and it looks like a quint like he says in here, it's a quintessentially French scene mm -hmm. by parking in front of that particular cafe. And it really is. It's very French, and it's awesome. And I think it looked like an older, old-timey photo but it really I wasn't. Think, yeah, I think taking the color out of it was a good choice. I it like really it. is a strong composition as a, as a black and white or like a sepia tone image. Another one, uh, there's 19. Second to last is golden triangles. Okay, golden are you triangles. still with me? We're almost there, I promise. <laughs> you know, he says, uh, golden triangles, the golden mean. This, I, it's funny because I think when you draw this up, I think all you're really doing is the rule of thirds. It's just mm. you're drawing a triangle that is balanced off by an opposite end corner triangle. Mm -hmm. And in this case, he has these T's that are one upside down T, one right side up T that have created a, a long line 40 together. 45 degree angle, yeah. And they just dissected the image in half from one corner to the other. And then at one point on a third, they draw a line up to that corner. Mm -hmm. Another side of the third, they draw a line to the bottom corner. I hope that makes any sense to you guys in the car right now, but. <laughs> It's just the rule of thirds. If yeah. you look at it, you can see how exactly it works with the rule of yeah, thirds. And yeah. because the perspective of this, it looks more like a cross-secting T. Let's see his other example. Yeah, that's mm. just the rule of thirds again, but messing around with depth, not a depth of field, but the, the rule of space, how you yeah. deal with the foreground, yeah. midground, and a background element. It's basically the rule of thirds plus that equals what he's calling the golden triangles, which... It's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I like the way the, I mean, if you could draw these lines on your camera display and then go around and try to find these kind of shots, that'd be kind of fun, I think. Yeah, if you have a difficulty of finding a rule of thirds balance mm -hmm. and finding a difficulty in this kind of a shot, this would be a cool way I of I really dig in this it. Eiffel Tower picture with the two statues in front. I think it's really good. When you think about the composition of cutting off the Eiffel Tower, seeing the horizon and the nice rule of third, and then these mm -hmm. guys, these statues are off of that wall that's behind them or that bridge, whatever that is that's that mm -hmm. strong rectangle space in the back. Because their silhouettes are clear of that and you see them nice against the sunset sky, Yeah, yeah, it's really Really neat yeah. and it's a great shot and it really brings just you feel like you're there yeah but i think more of the color the color theme the here too. like yeah like kevin was, talk Kyle was talking about yeah. that really makes me feel that piece more than the layout mm -hmm. and then you got it the mm. golden ratio explain this brendan the golden ratio it's a plus b over a equals a over b Definitely equals term the <laughs> squiggly and a comma. We don't have enough math <laughs> skills to know what that is. I, he, was, he, he was just can reading. You, can you this. tell that I failed math? <laughs> That's Pythagorean theorem, isn't it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But the golden mean, the golden rule, the golden ratio, the conch shell, the conch shell, shell the the nature's golden way of ratio. shaping everything. Yeah. It, it is. Fantastic. It's like take this swirl and fill it with everything in your shot and you can have like the quintessential perfect composition. I think I'm making the people on our live feed dizzy. I'm trying to get back to where we were. To this, uh, according to this 
shell swirl. You've got the Fibonacci awesome. sequence yeah, happening here. Yeah, the Fibonacci here. swirl, yeah. It's mathematical. Spiral. It is just something that happens naturally everywhere. Yeah, and which if, is really neat. If you can create your image based on it, what you're really doing is doing a, let's say, a, a strong and a small rule of thirds approach. Mm -hmm. You have a very strong open space on two thirds of your image. Mm -hmm. Then your other third, which is almost a half, has something on the lower bottom that is a feature. Or you see in this church, how mm -hmm. this church, the spires of it kind of take shape and all those silhouettes on the top little box of the image on the top left. So. Mm -hmm. If you were going to capture a Milky Way using this sequence, you would have your core be like this black and white image we're looking at, featuring down here, and then the big swath of negative space and other elements can take up the rest of the image. But that core is in there. And I think Milky Way panos use this naturally. Mm. And so they're so comfortable to us just because of our just inclination to loving this kind of balance yeah how would you possibly plan for it well there's some cameras that have that as yes. one of their in info button options for a yeah hud layout a lay overlay yeah there's some overlays you can do in camera and there's some i know if that if you have an, a canon you can um uh, magic lantern has it built in as well for overlays you can do the several overlays this is one of them as well so I think it's kind of cool. It's fun. I think it's cool to put these overlays in your uh, over your live view, so you can just can play around with the compositions, and maybe you could challenge yourselves doing that. I think I I want to take on that challenge sometimes and do it just for fun and see what I can come up with. I think it makes it uh, you know more interesting, a little bit more almost like a video game for your photography. Yeah, I agree. Kind of like you have this achievement to earn. Yeah. Try and get this achievement. Yeah. You can try and get an image of all these different compositional techniques and feature it and see what's happening in your portfolio. And I think if you were to try and capture something with these techniques and then went and built a body of work with these and your favorite types of photography, you'll find yourself adding two or three to seven images to your portfolio yeah. very easily. Yeah, because a lot of your strength comes in the composition. And then you can focus, once you get your composition strength really good, then you can start focusing on other things like color balance and uh, all these other things that are fun to do with your photography. Yeah, absolutely. And this has been a very long podcast. We've been enjoying it with you guys. Thanks for yeah. joining us live. Thank you again. Remember, Oregon Listener Adventure, November 5th through the 10th. Come and join us any night. Totally free. Just sign up at photogadventures.com forward slash listener adventure. Let me know that you want notifications and that you need, you will be needing to give me your phone number so I can text you directly and say, hey, uh, here you go. Text, yeah. Here's how you find us. And hey, we're taking off for Thor's well first instead of staying in Bannon. We're going to Yahats area. This is where we're going. Bom, 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 bom. Send off that text and there you go. So big changes to Photog Adventures. Look for the very first Monday interview next week if all things work out perfectly. Awesome. Otherwise, patrons, you'll have your first Monday interview the following Monday after that. Okay. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you so much. Hope you guys enjoyed this. If you enjoy this content, if you enjoy our YouTube channel, if you enjoy our podcast, if you enjoy us doing live <laughs> tutorials, then don't thank us. Thank our patrons. It's those people who have made this possible with mm -hmm. their real actual money support, monetary support. We call them the founders of Photog Adventures, and I don't think they remember that we call them that <laughs> because they just don't care enough. They just want to support, and they haven't thought about it. So thank and you guys really so much. Yeah. We really do. So 
So thank you guys. Have a good night. And we will see you guys next time on our Photog Adventure episode 96. Have a good week, guys. See you later. See ya.